And we're back. Welcome back to the Practice Makes Perfect podcast. It's your boy Monster D-Face here bringing you guys another episode. This episode 16, where we jump into the nitty-gritty of what all has pretty much went down since last week. For those of you guys tuning in for this one at home, whether you're in the card ride, whether you're tuning in from your cell phone, however you get your day going, however you catch your daily, weekly uh, episodes, we appreciate you all. Don't forget to leave us a little review on whatever your favorite uh, platform is to tune in and listen to us. We do appreciate it. Um, this week, we have ourselves a special guest. We have our boy, Killa Khan. We'll introduce him in just a bit, but he's one of our recent additions to the practice server family. And he was there, uh, not last week, but the week before last at Twitch in the TwitchCon event. He's got his own fun story, actually. That reminds me. I'll let him cool. tell it from his end if he wants to share it all. He could leave some details with a blank if he wanted to, but he definitely had himself a good time. Um, with that, our co-host, of course, John Rush is here on the switches as usual what's up my boy what's up everybody hey don't have kids i'm just kidding have kids. Have kids. <laughs> i'm just kidding have kids <laughs> have kids just be ready to change the grind i'm up here uh seven g fuels in we here for the for the prac family john's banging today he's banging out he came out swinging he's not playing if you're tuned into the video version you would have seen him throw a couple strong punches at the camera uh we got we got also of course i i, I briefly mentioned my boy killa khan killa khan brought on from our experiences in the past as a tournament administrator i met him through freelance work and he just turned out to just be exceptional it was uh yeah a quick pickup the moment he said he wants to go full-time in this space i'm like hey i got some work and i can use some bright minds so we got the boy Killer Khan. What's up, brother? What's going on, guys? Uh, happy to be here. And uh, yeah, I don't know about that story, but we'll we'll see. <laughs> I might try to reveal a few details. But no, let's let's start there. Let's start there. Listen, uh, <laughs> Killer Khan, young party animal here, had a, had himself quite the time out at TwitchCon um, last week. We we got to talk about our our experience. Well, my experience and John Rush was hitting me with a bunch of questions, and Joel was there. And he he talked about how much fun he had, and we talked about all the all the eventful nights and, and places we visited um, of the weekend. Is just to kind of just touch on it. Uh, what, what was your favorite? Uh, my favorite, uh, definitely Phase Clan Party. Got to say, uh, I mean, hands down, you can't beat like seeing Travis Scott and you know just seeing all the homies there. I met a lot of people there. You know, a lot of a lot of people, uh, big streamers within the industry that that were there, kind of just uh, enjoying their time and. Uh, I might have indulged a little bit too much in the good time, and uh, you know I don't remember too much more from that <laughs> night. But yeah, it was a uh, it, it was a good time for sure. When when he says seeing Travis Scott, he thinks he saw him at some point, in the room, <laughs> but uh, he yeah. he should have saw him maybe yeah. if he was there. Travis but Scott made a song I, about I mean, that. <laughs> I got I got at least two songs into his set, and then you yeah, know, yeah, the rest from there. The next thing I know, no one's in the club, and I'm the last one to walk out and. <laughs> You know, it was an adventure to try to find my way back to the Airbnb, but it, it was a good time overall. <laughs> it's, it's like the, the the office scene where Michael and Dwight go back to the sushi party and everyone's gone. And then just like, yo, what what just happened? It's yeah, so I mean, funny. seriously, like it, it went from people, everyone in their phones out, like just rows of people. Everyone jumped for Travis Scott. And then the next thing I remember, like, I see two staff members, all the lights are on, like, cleaning up. And I'm like, <laughs> what happened, dude? Like, no idea. But All right. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll leave it there. Just put it like this. Uh, <laughs> Mike had a, a very festival, uh, festive welcome to the practice server fam. We, we all got to hang out for the first time that weekend. It was, it was awesome. It really was awesome. I think my, my favorite part of the SwitchCon weekend was definitely meeting all the boys, man. We, we working online pretty much, feels like, for, for quite some time, probably over a year now. 
for sure, Mike, uh, since since we've met. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, it was it was dope. It was it was really great to have the team come together. But anyways, let's jump into nitty gritty. Sure, from the uh, episode title, you can see we got a couple new things we want to talk about. Um, I'm most excited to talk about this first topic, though. Train wrecks. Give a little. Let's give a little history about train wrecks. John, do you want to you want to take the floor here? Maybe pull up some notes, or I could take a stab at it first. Yeah. Train wrecks is one of the OGs of the Twitch platform. He's been around for a long time, um, and he's what I like to call a philanthropist, if you will. He gives a lot back to the space. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe I'll I'll start from most recently, and then you can work us back into some context, uh, monster and. Uh, but uh, re- recently, uh, Train, as he's often been, has been pretty vocal about his uh, earnings um, on Twitch, specifically with the um, uh, recently deceased gambling meta. And he, um, amongst other things, was talk- he, uh, talking about the earnings that he had from that, which are quite significant to the tune of $360 million, uh, which is a lot of money. Um, part of that context is important because, um, in a lot of different, I mean, if you look at like, if, if you look at, um, his, uh, uh, Twitter replies, like he, he's definitely been like talking to some people, but to me that, that, that dollar amount really paired well. And, uh, with this tweet right here, train says, I'm going to create a platform or team up with one. And instead of only contracting large creators, I want to primarily contract small to midsize Creators, current platforms deem you, deem you irrelevant, but you are the backbone of the entire industry, and you deserve at least a little security. So think of what Monster said about him being a philanthropist. Think about the fact that he's got some, just even personally, some equity, and then uh, making a strike like that. It's very interesting, boys. Yeah, and, and just to talk a little bit more about Trainwreck, um, by no means is he a saint, or he, he stands for the, the greatest things, but what he is, he is honest. He's a, he's a, he's a cutthroat, straight kind of guy. Um, I like to call him like kind of like not an internet kind of person. Like he, he's really one of those guys that comes off as like this, the things people and the persona people put on in the internet is much different than what they are or who they are in person. And he's one of those people that have kind of always seemed to have, at least from what, what he portrays himself to be staying true to himself. He's very blunt. He's very straightforward. He's gotten in trouble for saying things before. Um, and he's been poly- apologetic when he's been wrong. He's also been very uh, forthcoming. On, on how he feels about certain things. Um, and a, a crazy story about Trainwreck is he actually, I don't want to say fled from the U.S., but he kind of did flee from the U.S. around 2021, going and moving up to um, to Canada in order to avoid cryptocurrency laws. And that's kind of where I, I would say this, this, this dark cloud started to hang over his reputation. He really jumped in deep into the gambling side of Twitch. and. Some might say he has an addiction. He says he has an addiction. On his stream, he encourages people not to gamble. But at the same time, the money he's gambling with is directly pumped and influenced from the sponsor itself on the platform in which he plays. So it's really not his money. It's his money, but it's not his money. So he admittedly just recently said that he came out with a $360 million deal. That was his stake deal, the gambling website that he uh, uh, uses. $360 $360 million was his sponsorship deal. And that is where all of his money comes from, effectively, that he gambles with. But that's not including the, the millions that he's made off of the cryptocurrency space. He must have been one of the early adopters of either Dogecoin and or Bitcoin. And during the crypto boom, he exploded with it. And along that 
came as well. So there's a couple different angles here as, as to why he's gotten immense amounts of wealth, but his popularity comes from being just an exceptional streamer in 2020, one of the most viewed streamers as far as Watch Hour. So really, really big stuff. Now, I say all this to say, if there's someone who's going to come out with a platform and I don't know who's ambitious enough to actually take a stab at it where many, many others have failed, this guy, he's got an understanding of how live streaming works. He's clearly got some ridiculous, I don't know how to, how to quantify the amount of money he probably has in some form or another, something of value, whether it's in crypto, whether it's in hard cash due to his sponsor deals. Um, he's got some kind of resources. I guess the question is, do we believe he can move the boulder on taking on a potential juggernaut like a YouTube or Twitch? Uh, no, <laughs> but he, he can sure try. I mean, uh, he's got the money, apparently a $360 million deal. Have you guys ever heard of something like that from a streamer? I mean, maybe like a YouTuber, like Mr. Beast, maybe Ninja probably, but like just a, a, a streamer that is, you know, semi-controversial within the scene like that, $360 million. I don't know. I guess we'll have to have to see if he can really put his money where his mouth is. And here's the thing though. You have these influencers just biting at the at the bits here right because he puts the tweet out he starts getting tons of traf- traction from these mid to small size influencers they really do start jumping on the response train because one thing has been shown to be true if you are train rex's friend if you're someone he uh he cares about he's going to take care of you he takes he takes care of those around him and i think that has also been Another factor that people have uh, been drawn to him for that reason. Now, is that for selfish game? Maybe, right? He's giving out tens of thousands of dollars all the time. Might as well have him as your friend. I'm sure some people just look at it from that pure uh, benefit relationship perspective. But again, at the same time, he's actually grown to have people genuinely support him. He's got a very strong um, friend group and support group, of course, amongst the elite influencer kind of community. You sort of do get to to raise that type of influence. Um, but I, I did got to, I did had a chance to kind of go through the thread, and there's a lot of people that raise a bunch of concerns, right? Um, some of which are the the whole idea of like Twitch is a failing platform currently. There are more streamers on Twitch, or growing to be more streamers on Twitch than there are viewers consuming the content. When you have a platform where more streamers are outweighing the actual people consuming the content, it, it's it's a it's a unbalanced trade, if you will. It creates a, a problem dynamic that we don't really see very often, right? Whereas people are using the product more than they're consuming the product. And for Twitch, that's a problem because advertiser dollars determine the whole uh, ec- ecosystem, if you will, right? You need people consuming this stuff, watching the ads for the money to roll in. Yeah, I think you took it, you took it um, into an even deeper mode than I, like than I was going to say, because that is a very, I've thought that recently just about so many social media markets, you know, like how many markets are like self-sustaining markets, you know, like dudes, like, you know, like I just saw somebody's, someone texted me or maybe I saw on Twitter, like this whole YouTube channel about video editing on an iPad. This dude's got 80 sub, 80,000 80, subs. This dude is making a living based off now. Like that is it, to use like a a a marketing like a like a market term like that would be business to business versus you know business to consumer 
And I think that's a, such an interesting thing where we've always thought of these social media platforms as like B2C, but it feels like it's becoming more about like a streaming platform to help streamers stream versus to help people consume like good content, which is, which is wild. Interesting. And uh, again, this, there's, there's a crazy dynamic happening here. And, and I think it's partly to blame due to the pandemic, the, the pandemic forced more people at home, more people started finding these alternative ways to generate revenue through streaming and the streaming boom, right. That came from Ninja and uh, uh, Drake entering into the you know ecosystem and really making this more of a mainstream accepted form of um, revenue, right? Like that right there changed the landscape literally forever because now you have these people saying, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Right. This, this guy's making millions of dollars playing video games. Huh, I play call of duty all day. I'll do that. I play Fortnite. You know, sun up to sun down. I'm nice. I'm going to go on live, right? And that's what they think. And the crazy part about that, they're not wrong. I started streaming on Twitch because I saw Summit, and I just thought to myself, dude, if this old guy can do it, I, I can do it. I'm not even kidding. That's, I say this all the time, and I'm so not proud of this, but this is me just being honest with my genuine perspective. I was so fascinated at why am I hooked watching this old dude and he's not even old guys he's you know some of you guys know some of it but i was maybe 18 at the time 19 so it, very ignorant me uh you'd be ancient now man come on right right ignorant <laughs> me 10 years ago this old man now i'm the old man so i'm looking at this guy and i'm like dude why am i so fascinated by this that captivated my attention and then i just took it as a as a sign to like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna make money online and uh, i failed for a whole year before i found success but you know, that's a different story. <laughs> but it just shows you, right? That that's how easy it was for all these masses to start converting to streaming. So Train Rex, he, he might just be, you know, bluffing, sh shooting some cards out there. But the reason this all comes about, he's not happy with the, the direction that the Twitch platform's going in last week. We really hammered down on some of the stuff that um, Twitch as a platform's been missing on. And influencers are starting to flock away from the platform. And this is the first that we hear of an influencer now looking to even shoot. I mean go against the platform. Um, and then one other thing before before I kind of hop off this, we have we now have Trainwrecks, right? One of the biggest, most consumed content channels on, on Twitch claiming to build his own platform. Just two weeks ago, one of their biggest, most consumed content creators, Nick Merckx, said, hey, to hell with your Twitch Rivals event, TwitchCon, whatever you got going on. I'm throwing my own event on your weekend. We are seeing, we are seeing a true rebellious era of the biggest influencers. Ninja rescinding his Twitch contract. Wait, I forgot about that one. We're talking about these mega influencers are realizing I have the power. This platform does not tie me down anymore. They have transcended the platform. The platform's reputation has fallen below the wayside to where people don't believe in the culture the way it once was. Again, before, this was the place to be. But with places like YouTube, TikTok, and others disrupting the landscape, it's becoming more and more evident now that if you are an influencer with big influence like this, man, you don't need nobody. You're, you're free to do whatever you want, and they're just doing it. How does Twitch respond or answer to these people? Blacklist them off your platform, you're gone. Twitch is gone, right? Can't they get canceled. That. They can't do that, right? But how do you win them back? Can you win them back? I mean, 
no i mean once the once you kind of re- get to that point and you realize you know what i mean that it's like it's not you don't need the platform in order to be successful anymore you you have that community you built up that following you have that repertoire within the community like you you, you can go on your own endeavors and i think ninja did it very very uniquely when he kind of did his whole like oh i'm going to take a break and then he ends up coming back and he he kind of found the loopholes to be able to stream to multiple platforms like that and he did it that way because he wanted to do that way like he wanted to reach communities on in every avenue he possibly could and it, it's it, you're, you're going to start seeing that trend now where it's like if if those platforms are not per, you know presenting the tools necessary for you to be able to grow with the platform and with your community and is more so just trying to worry about ad incentive or you know you know we'll sign you for this amount of money to bring over your community to us it, it's not going to work out for you anymore. And I think uh, there are certain platforms that are realizing that faster than others. Well, we we're going off and off. I know there's a lot of hypotheticals here, but these are the questions that genuinely come to my mind when I start seeing these things happen. Uh, because like we said last week, I mean, John, we're looking at a shifting landscape and we're, we're just, it, it is so wild to me. It really is wild to me that, the pandemic was the best and worst thing that has now happened to Twitch. Like it was the best and worst thing. It's it's caused so much problems for them. It's it's also been very lucrative for them. I I don't I don't know where it's going to end up. Yeah, I mean, I think there is something like listening to y'all talk. I think train like just recapping. I'm like, is he the one that could do it? Like maybe you know for sure. Like it's going to take a, a a rogue figure like that, so to speak, a disruptor who who has some capital. Um, I think he's asking a really great question in his tweet. Uh, he's addressing a very real felt need. Small to mid-sized content creators feeling frustrated. But but I think that, that, that Javier, you, you, you brought up the even deeper question, and I would almost say um, is the ultimate question is, but what about the consumer? And I think that's where I think for a, for a platform to be successful – it can't just think about the creator. It's got to think about the consumer. And I'm just curious. I'm even thinking my own habits right now. 18 months, two years ago, I, w- I probably spent, you know, 60, 70% of my time on Twitch, 30 on YouTube. Now it's, it's flipped almost entirely. It's very hard for even my favorite content creators to make live content that's worth me Sitting there hoping Spoon Kid's gonna do something crazy in Rust. My favorite, one of my favorite YouTubers, shout out Spoon. <laughs> but versus, if I just wait for the 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 weekly daily upload, I know that thirty minutes is the best moments of what happened over six hours. And there was something, and I do think, and I know we've you. I mean, you probably talked about it at at Nausea Monster, but I'm like, I really do think that Fortnite has an incredibly like the the early days of Fortnite have an incredibly underrated effect on Twitch's like skyrocket growth. I think that was a cultural moment that we saw that combined Fortnite, Twitch, pop culture, everything that that maybe inflated what we all thought live streaming content was. And and not only that, it, you know, Fortnite it followed into the other titles. You saw the Among Us boom, saw the Fall Guys boom, and now you see the New World boom, right? After Fortnite, that I just call it a boom. It that became the trend. Something big hit, and it hit like it hits crazy. But like I said, it's because gaming is literally transcended out of just the gaming bubble. If it hits, it hits outside of these markets. It starts touching 
all these different spaces. We talked about the success of um, Cyberpunk. Yeah. Fail. Huge, huge, huge hit, but ultimately a product failure. They come out with the anime, hits the, hits the Netflix market. All of a sudden, the game skyrockets. It's back in rotation. People are talking about it. They're playing it. They're loving it because they improved the product over time. But that's how wild gaming is now. It's, it's literally tied into these other fabrics of media. Of, of forms of entertainment but i think i think what you said is very interesting your content your content interest has shifted i think this is almost maybe even deeper than both of us are even thinking about maybe the world's content interest has shifted and you can blame tiktok short phone media and the the hyper dopamine hit that you gain from those videos right that that loop retention that that loop hit that you get and you're stuck in those cycles that's the itch that you're chasing when you're on YouTube because you're no, you're gonna get an instant satisfaction, big video hit, and you're gonna love it because that's what you want us to watch. And you're gonna watch the next one, whether it's long or short. But it could be everything to blame. Twitch's failure can literally be all because TikTok's amazing algorithm. And not only that, all these Twitch streamers are realizing how crazy TikTok can be to leverage. They're just using Twitch to build their TikTok following now, and vice versa. Before it was in the past, you used all your other platforms, build your Twitch. Now people are realizing, dude, I use whatever little stuff I already have on Twitch and I reverse that back into TikTok. It's only going to boomerang harder down the line. And that's what they're doing. So TikTok is growing at an explosive rate. I mean, John, you talked about Mr. Beast's recent accolade, right? That's insane. Yeah, Mike, I don't know if you saw this, but um, it might have even been just today, October 23rd, as, as we're recording this. Or very recent here, I'll, I'll pull it up. Mr. Beast announced that he um, that he hit yes two hours ago as of this recording hit 50 million on TikTok, and his exact tweet is hit 50 mil on TikTok. Kind of funny how easy it is. LOL. <laughs> that, yeah. That's great, and I, I assume that's because how many subs he has on YouTube. Wait, dude, let me let me go. Let me just go search this up. Yeah. So what's what's the population of the Earth? Seven billion. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> that that many. <laughs> He's got, a, he's got 107 million out of 731 videos on YouTube. Probably took him a decade to get there, right? He got to 50 million, half, half the following on a completely new platform in a year's time, in two years' time. Explosive. So when he says easy, it's because he, he's, he's been in this game for 10 years, right? Longer. Who knows how long? I'm making numbers up here, but I know it's a long time. I think I think it's actually maybe like twelve, fourteen, or sixteen years. To be honest, um, I'm, I'm I'm underselling him here on how long he's been on YouTube. That's crazy. I feel like his content is so is so much more catered towards that type of algorithm, though. Like if Mr. Beast's content is literally like he has it down to a science, and he he's talked about this a lot, even down to his thumbnails that you know they used to be able to tweak and all of a sudden you know explode in views, but. It, he gets right to the point in his videos. His videos are usually so over the top of what the overall topic is that I feel like it, just any clip from any one of his videos is just like prime to go viral on a platform like TikTok. And he just he tapped into that and look at that, fifty million followers on TikTok already. That's crazy. Yeah, this is this is uh him and a pumpkin. Um. <laughs> Let me pull it up for the hey guys, video viewers. So this year I to do my... Is that is that his most recent video? No, this is from twenty. I'm trying to look back. This is two years hey guys, ago. So this year I um, to do my... three years ago, last October. 
and I'm trying to look back at how his posting frequency on TikTok. But this is also just feels so unfair to me that like, now it's not unfair because he's worked at it, but I'm like, this, this is just Mr. Beast breaking it, someone's <laughs> jack-o'-lantern and he hits three and a half yeah. million views on TikTok three years ago. But, oh man, we could get he's, in such a deep rabbit hole on like content right now. But. And, and that's wild. He, he's, he's doing something that's very smart. He's taking his best, his almost, almost his collection of hits, right? And he's reposting them, resurfacing them, and they're just hitting this new audience. Um, TikTok has such a young uh, a demographic age. Old content is new content for them, right? What you mm. made 10 years ago, they were, they were in diapers, right? Yeah. Yeah. They were toddlers, first graders. Now they're now they're in ninth grade and whatnot. They get the videos now. They can watch the videos now. Yeah, they, will, yeah. they can consume the content. So again, what's old to you is very new to this entire entire demographic. This entire new wave, the millions that have yeah. jumped on board and and are hooked. Wow. He recognizes that. That's crazy. Yeah, it's just. I mean, we could we could go on. We could go on, and I hope you know, for our listeners, the reason we don't just talk about this stuff because we just like to drone about it's like we have a we have a desire here at practice server collectively and as individuals to do something about this to take take advantage to leverage to pioneer new realities for it and we hope that that you can listen to this podcast and and catch an idea catch a wave catch a vibe you know i don't think it's just to the train wrecks of the world with 360 million dollars to be disruptors you know i still believe firmly that it's like at the end of the day the best idea the best creative the best art is going to win and um that's my ultimate hope for the future. And that's the thing. We have a lot of listeners here. A lot of you guys are live streamers yourself, um, owners of organizations or play key roles in these other spaces. So, hey, man, we're talking about some and maybe we inspire you. That's what I'm talking about right there. Get inspired. Get out there. Try something new. Um, Lord knows we are always trying something new over here. We definitely have some cool stuff coming. Uh, but uh, y- y'all are going to have to wait for that one. We have some fun building out some stuff here. Let's jump into some other things that we, we yeah. kind of want to cover here. Just some quick um, hits, high level, like gaming world. Um, we'll, you know, we can take, we can each take one comment each on on the following these. Just pull some tidbits. We like to keep y'all current on different things. We like to, you know, this company's uh, very, very passionate about our Fortnite community, but we use this podcast to just branch out all over the, all over. You know, we have a lot of different clients from pretty much every every title and and friends, and so. Uh, one of the things I thought was interesting um, is the new Call of Duty um, is uh, releasing next week, but this weekend they released the campaign only. Um, so they have a staggered release of campaign this week, and then in um, one week the multiplayer drops, and then in about a month after that Warzone drops. What are you guys' thoughts? I, I, I want to say like they've done this before, right? I have they done this before? I, I feel like they've done this before. Had a, I don't think they've had it locked. I know they've had a lot of betas in the past where like maybe you got to play like a mission or something from like the campaign, but it's never been locked to like multiplayer releasing after the fact. It had to be Battlefield. Someone did this where they, they took the they took the campaign, they knew it was gonna get basically less views or whatever, like less less playthroughs, if you will, if they just released it with the, the online product and they waited. I want to say it was maybe one of the Call of Duty. So I think they've actually tried this in the past. Um, I like this idea. I think the developers put, dude, they put so much time into these games. And I'll be honest, bro. If I get a Call of Duty, I am not opening the campaign. That's just me. Not unless I wake up and my internet's down and I'm bored 
to 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 the ends the ends rope here. All right, then I'll open that campaign. I'll be like, all right, what's going on here? Let me kill some time. Absolutely. Mike, do, do you play campaigns, Mike? I mean, for Call of Duty, I the thing is like I used to. Like, oh, he the hates campaigns me. used to be no, no, no. <laughs> The the campaigns used to be sick, and like like just thinking back to like the original Modern Warfare days, like those are some of the best campaigns ever, and like even some of the best memes that we have now come from the campaigns from back in the day. So that's why I'm I'm so happy that they actually did this because, like you said, the the developers spent so much time, and it's literally a, it, it's a movie production at this point. Right. The, the effort that goes into it, like well it deserves its time in the sun. People play it. And you, you see a lot of comments coming up from it, like, oh, my God, that story was amazing. Like, the graphics look insane, blah, blah, blah. And then now everyone's going to go on to the complaining and the sweating in multiplayer. <laughs> and that's that's what I think they do. I think that's the smart thing about this, though, is that they are forcing people, essentially, try the gameplay out through the campaign, which you're going to get a feel for guns. You're going to get a feel for, for all the mechanics, whether it's sliding, crawling, whatever, vaulting, if that was something added into the it's a new Call of Duty. You're going to get a feel for the game. You're going to be able to be content with the, the play and then be thirsty to get online. And you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, the M4 feels wild, right? Like in the game, I can't wait to jump online. Like, I hope this is in the online version. I think this is very, very smart. And more importantly, you talked about it. You fall in love with the story, the narrative, which gets lost over the years. This is going to allow people to possibly become long-term fans or reignite their fandom for Call of Duty, which is what they really need, right? Because Call of Duty's no saint of a of a dev team either. They haven't been perfect. We've seen the years of trouble they had with, um, and still to this day have with Warzone, the cheating accusations, etc. Um, a lot of people started to uh, maybe stop believing in the in the product that is Call of Duty. So to get people to fall in love with the narrative of the game again, I mean, John, I'm sure you know is is extremely important. No, I think it's fire. Uh, Broway is one of our live viewers for all of our audio listeners. We stream this live recording on Twitch. Uh, Broway says campaign was fire. So the people are loving it. That's all I've heard. Um, I haven't gotten to play it yet, but I, I'm definitely going to. And I agree with you, Monster. Had it not been for this release schedule, I would not have this time around. You know, just being busy, <laughs> just everything. And, and especially, like, bro, like, especially when a new game drops, um, it's so important to me to try to be good, like, in multiplayer, learn the meta, dumpster people. That's some of the most fire. It's also the time in Call of Duty where you find out what's broken. Like when Vanguard dropped, um, you know, there was like this shotgun that literally like, you just, just go back and like, just Google or put in TikTok, like a uh, broken Vanguard shotgun. And you'll see just, you know, just moments like that. I'm like, I don't want to miss it playing the campaign. And then like, so I'm like, oh, I'll play it later. But then a new game comes out. So I think, I think it's fire. Um, uh, speaking of new games though, Overwatch 2, um, hot take, but not really. If anyone disputes this, please, you need an essay. Overwatch 2 is not Overwatch 2. Overwatch 2 is a patch for Overwatch 1. The game came out in 2017, and I'm, and I'm playing the same maps. The same map. It's the same maps. It's the same <laughs> maps. I mean, it's fun, and I'm thinking, I'm sitting there playing with the boys. Like, it's a great game to pick up with just a, a group. But I'm sitting there being like, oh, why is this fun? I'm like, oh, yeah, because I took a break from this game for four years. Of course, it's going to be fun, but no new content. None. Which is which is so wild because they literally dressed up Overwatch one in like a slightly different way and, and made the characters roll out slightly different, right? And all of a sudden they call it a new game, which is baffling to me. It, I, I, yeah, I'm not with it. Um although I I don't know this to me, I'm gonna tie this into the Fortnite new chapter release because the chapter release 
the game is looking great, plays great. There's a lot of awesome content out there, but the player population around Fortnite is equally declining. We are now officially at uh, one of one of the low points that we've seen for Fortnite in this last chapter, for whatever reason, is not hitting. Now, I don't know whether or not to attribute this to Valorant success, new Call of Duty bubbling, and people preparing for that, Overwatch 2 releasing, Return of Wrath of the Lich King, and then, of course, the uh, Dragonflight. Wow, uh, retail that's coming. There's a lot of big things on the horizon. New World, new expansion update, which uh, hit very well. There's a lot going on. And Fortnite, you know, for some reason, has not seemed to find growth. Although, Fortnite Zero Build, thriving, right? Continue to thrive. Competitive is declining. But the overall player base seems to have uh, hit somewhat of a stagnant area. Or, or feel which is uh very alarming it's alarming a lot of creators in the space right now uh mike i mean zero build brought you back to the game so clearly fortnite and zero build has done something great it's brought players to the space undoubtedly but um what, yeah, what's, what's no. your take on this i mean absolutely uh, zero build definitely brought me back just because the mechanical like skill gap got too big and i was too old to get that good at it but yes, yeah sir. overwatch 2 i mean it, it's it's literally what john said it, it's just a it's it's a new chapter like fortnite does for overwatch it, they dressed it up i mean don't get me wrong I, I i played a little bit of it and i was like this is this is just overwatch but it, it has a different take to it has a different feel you know what i mean it's 5v5 now they did they did a lot of patch changes and and you know overall kind of meta changes but yeah man it, it did not deserve the two in the name whatsoever and i know one of their big pushes with that was like you know we're going to be adding pve content but none of that is available yet so it, it just doesn't it didn't make any sense to me i'm really not sure you know so sure of overwatch's future um but yeah man it, it was pretty disappointing multiple multiple champions came out the gate like broken and they pulled them so bastion one of the primary featured like characters in the advertisement you can't even play he's one of the staples yeah. of it. you can't even play right now and then uh one of the new healers uh her name's like kai or something like that she might have been added but right out the gate she was barred from ranked because she was busted and you're just like <laughs> you're just like bro what and then like had queue time problems it just is so I, I just think the modern consumer i think rightfully we you know at other times i can you know in some of our early episodes, I can't remember which games we were talking about, Javier, but I think at times we kind of push back. Does the modern consumer want too much and too hot? Right. I think there's some to that. But overall, I'm like, as a company, these millions and billions of dollars at stake, you got to win, bro. You can't miss. Gotta have good That's stuff. right. You, yeah. you, you, and, and again, we're talking about these, these dude, mega, mega multi-million, billion dollar entities they should know better than to try to get away with a a, a slick product launch like this uh definitely definitely a, a, a wild one it should have just went the the other blizzard route which is hey we're just literally going to reskin the game or uh relaunch the game like they did with wild classic just call it call it what it was we're going back to whatever state or we're just going to revamp what is overwatch huge announcement game overhaul stick with the same one because uh, now you split your players does that mean they close overwatch one servers by the way like, yeah, Overwatch. Is that, is that what happens? They, so they just they kill Overwatch yeah. one, call they it Overwatch it for two? a week. It was like a week, right, Mike? They like shut it down. I, I believe it. Yeah, I believe yeah. it's like it, it's shut down. But at the same time, it's 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 not shut down. It's the same exact game. You're playing <laughs> yeah. the same thing. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? No, that's it, it's so weird because it's a sl it was a slow burn. Like if they came out the gate and just announced like, oh, we're gonna have Overwatch two, you know, tease a little bit. You know, they did one of their amazing cinematics or whatever, and then drop the game. 
it might have been received a little bit differently, but they have been teasing this and showing this and having pros play this for a, a long time now just to drop it and have nothing be different pretty much. Yeah, well, hey, all of our listeners, prove us wrong. Tell us, you know, if we got any Overwatch 2 stands, let us know. Um, just to cover a couple of uh, broader topics again, just quick hits on this one. I'm literally watching right now the Halo uh, World Championship is happening. Uh, How many views that thing got? It's uh, 85K right now on Twitch. Dang, so okay. Very interesting. This has been a title that um, mostly just because it's like the game I fell in love with. We've, we critiqued <laughs> Halo Infinite hard on this program. Um, yes. <laughs> but, but it's very interesting. You see some of the passion. Um, I saw somebody. It was, a, it was some Fortnite pro was at, I can't remember who it was, but they were at the, the Halo Worlds, and they said Halo Land energy is just different. And it is. There is something special about it. It's really exciting to see um, uh, 85,000 people. Um, Optic and Cloud9 right now are in a best of seven. These have been the two top teams since the very first event last December. And what's crazy about this, just to help you guys understand, they have 85,000 viewers while League of Legends has 350,000 viewers. So this is a competitive month to be in the competition ecosystem of Riot Games and League of Legends right now is leading up to what would be Worlds, right? Yep. Uh, uh, John, like the biggest esports event of all time. Ever. Uh, the most I'm ever, close. the most viewed one. I think last year, the numbers were around 73 million total concurrent viewers at some point for um, Riot Games and League of Legends. 73 million concurrent, not total, but at some point or another across all their platforms, 73 million people were watching at the same exact times. Those were the numbers. I remember this particularly because I talked to uh, our good friend Brock about it earlier. I was like, hey, so so what's this Worlds thing all about? Is it the equivalent of World Cup? He's like, dude, it's like 10 times that. I was like, why? And he tells me the numbers. So uh, pretty big deal. A lot, of, a lot of crazy things happening right now. But Halo continues to kill it when it comes down to their actual um, competition coverage. People want to see it. The game category... Not but uh, not booming at all. The the like it, it's hard to say. Like where do these people show up from? Um, are they inflated viewers? Is it embedded? Like how do people end up watching this? Um, or why? Because they don't watch the streamers. And it's like Fortnite has the opposite problem. And we're gonna jump into this Fortnite stuff right now because we're seeing this. Um, like I said, this this evolving space continue to happen. Clicks announces that he's gonna start competing more so towards zero build and not normal competitive, which is gonna be another huge blow. Or the competitive ecosystem of Fortnite. Fortnite has uh, an ever-declining player base when it comes down to competitive uh, coverage across the board. And their top tier, like their big headliners, their stars, are slowly moving out of the game, which is a problem for for me, for them, for everybody that involves himself in this space. I mean, Fortnite is, of course, the bread and butter here. Um, and, you know, the game category right now is around half the viewership of what people mostly compare it to which is uh valorant but as a battle royale which is the category it stands in it's still the biggest battle royale by far most people um you know are still very much a part of this game player base wise and and you know collaborations alike so it's it's in a weird spot where like we talked about the the consumers not quite there the population um not quite there when it comes down to player growth now what i do want to say though and, I, and, I'll, and I'll just leave it at this. The difference, what I noticed between the top of the category of like Fortnite and some of the other titles, a uh, title like Valorant, he- heavily dominated by English-speaking casters. And then Fortnite just has like this ridiculous Spanish community and, and everything in between. You're talking about 
I buy, who on his own stream pulls 400,000 viewers, when he decides to play Fortnite, it's it's ridiculous, you know? And we've seen um, other creators start to, to come back into the space. Uh, I believe the, the Botez sisters have uh, stream, been streaming Fortnite lately. She's a chess player, pulls, you know, average of anywhere from 5 to 10K viewers. Fortnite has this appeal to just get anyone in at any given time. You never really know. So that's kind of like the wild card about the game, right? It's like, will will it ever disappear? Definitely don't think so. When you just have a random 10K viewer just all of a sudden fall in love with zero build, it's like hooked, right? Yeah, I mean, I think just Fortnite had that mass appeal that no other game I think has ever really achieved, at least not in such a short amount of time. So I feel like it just became a staple of just gaming in general. So I don't think it's ever going to disappear. And it, it, they'll always try, they're always revamping. They're always trying to add new things. They're always trying to kind of up the ante a little bit. Um, I mean, we'll see if, if we ever get a Fortnite 2 or something like that. Maybe it, it starts to dominate again, but I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. Don't pull an Overwatch, please. Hey, bold, <laughs> yeah, exactly. bold, exactly. bold prediction. Um, this just makes me think I missed out. If you listen to our last episode, which you should because we broke down TwitchCon, which I was not at. But I will be at FNCS Raleigh event this yeah, November. Yeah. I get to be with the boys, and I'm making bold predictions. I think that um, I'm not saying it's gonna like save it alone, but I think that that will be a really. I think there will be a spark that is lit, and I I I trust Epic Games. I'm excited for Raleigh. Here's a problem: they're already setting extremely high expectations. The end of their blog post, they put this little tidbit in that says, "And stay tuned for the announcements at the end." Oh, man, it makes me nervous. Not because they haven't answered to the call. The last time they did it, we were literally treated to one of the coolest announcement pre-hour pre, uh, content pieces ever. And I was a part of it live. They didn't tell us what it was. They surprised us. They surprised us with the tournament format, the return to potential lands. You know, they hit us with everything we wanted to. They've delivered this last year. Uh, the only miss... For me, this entire year, and I don't know who the heck I got to tell that Epic about this, but I do it all the time. The meta feels the same. When the game feels the same, when weapons feel the same, the identity of comp has felt the same for a long time, and I think that is the biggest attributing factor to the player base's decline. That's just me. Uh, SMGs, in particular, are the, are the, are the pain point. Um, and I, I've said this a lot, and I'm very open about this. Um, that's just me, though. I don't know what the number says. I don't know what the map says. That being said, I agree with you. I think there is so much potential. But I'm I'm now, for the first time ever, I'm actually nervous of what the announcement's going to be because I don't know what it could be. I can see them taking the same approach as last time, announcing the team mode for the new year. It's probably going to go back to trios. I think the general consensus, trios is going to be it. I, that's it. That's my blank. I, do they announce the next land right, right now? Like, when's the next major land? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, have they have na- have they announced the next World Cup? I don't think, think that could be it, dude. They are like avoiding the World Cup like the plague. <laughs> all right, yeah. I, I, there's which is which is wild to me because like we know they can raise the money. Like it's it's very clear. One battle pass launch and and look, they raised a hundred million for Ukraine in a week. You know what I'm saying? Right. right so yeah. like thirty million plus whatever it's. It exists. We know it exists. Multi-billion dollar company. We know it exists. But they're running from that. This could this FNCS land could have been the World Cup. 
They could have just did yeah. it. Why didn't they? I don't know. I know why they didn't do it. Because what do you think? I, well, I, bro, I just think there's so many uh, from TwitchCon to when I was in that very same venue watching Halo come out big and seeing the literal hardware failures, the seeing DreamHack. Like, there's just so much, like, I think they're smart. I think Raleigh, it's why they, people even, why do people go to Raleigh, North Carolina? It's, it's a medium market-sized town. It's because it's a safe place to start. And I think that, yep. that and, and I think that they're going to try to build on something. I, 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 tr- I trust numbers, guys, and, and, and girls. Numbers people. And I think that there are smart people that, even if they don't care about ga- the game, that see these numbers and they're doing something about it. I'm, gonna, I'm going to, I expect wild things. Here's what I want. I want, okay. I want Fortnite the movie. I want them to announce Fortnite right. the movie and, 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 and try to insert Fortnite back into the cultural conversation. Bro, Fortnite Gosh. the movie would go crazy. You know how many birthday Gosh. parties? AMC. <laughs> AMC and Fortnite they take. Dude, that's what I want. John, I hate you right now. You want them to announce Fortnite the movie, Fortnite the movie. at the competitive event. Okay. Dude, John, what other big platform do they for have? Soul Shoes all the time? I think we got the clip for Soul Shoes. Leave a response down below. Try not to flame John in the comments, please. <laughs> but maybe we need Fortnite the movie to save Fortnite comp, guys. I... <laughs> but they don't have or or announce casual type events. This is what I'm saying, bro. I, yeah. They ne- there was not a. Di- I actually think that the. To the chagrin, displeasure, pissed offness of the comp community, the more distinct the comp community got, the more the game declined. The beauty yeah. of Fortnite was there's this weird merger that these random kids out of nowhere, if you put the time in, you, you could pop off. And now I think they've gotten way too corporate, way too structured. Yeah, we, we've really moved away. I don't know what they're going to announce. Like I said, the the problem with this to me, they're just setting expectations so high. Man, I want to hope for the best. And I really hope we get the next land announcement. I hope whatever that series looks like. I hope we get, this is what I, this is what I hope. They say, we're returning FNCS all 2023. We're announcing it's going to be trios. And FNCS is now going to lead to and culminate into a big land. Yeah, you're, they're going to just definitively say, Win each FNCS, play well, you will be invited to the next Invitational. It's going to be a big event, and maybe we don't disclose where it's at, but make it definitive. Tell us what we are playing for. That's what this place needs. That's what the gamers need. And money aside, because the money has been declining on the prize pool side, they just need to let us know there's something to play for this year. That's what the players need. To me, that's what we need. The biggest announcement needs to be that FNCS as a tournament track to be a qualifier, essentially, for the big stuff. Um, maybe we run two of them. Maybe we, would, we run maybe not one at the end of each season because that'd be three in the year. That'd be a lot of like official epic lands to try to host. But I mean, at least at least one. Yeah, we make need, it make it definitive. A lot riding on on Raleigh, um, Mike. I, I want to hear your thoughts. They we need more like uh, uh, evergreen items. And skins like when that like more stuff like the pickaxes and the umbrellas, more things that you can do to stand out to show your accolades, whether in a land event or even just climbing a cash cup or that. Like th- these are the types of things that people are really drawn to. I- I'd love to see some more things like that. 
And then, of course, after your announcement, Monster, we hear, In a world devoid. In a world. <laughs> and no, starring I mean, Tyler Blevins, save us, Ninja! No, please, please do not. Do I, I don't want that. Movie. I don't want that either. But <laughs> don't do it for no. It's gonna be sick. I would like that. No. Don't get me wrong. I would. I would like that. I want. I just don't. I don't, I don't know if I want them to announce that at at the land though. Don't announce that at the land. No, I think the only thing they should be announcing at the land is what's next for a competitive. And I think the biggest thing they could possibly announce is another World Cup style event. To be honest. Another land, um, uh, uh, one that you can qualify your way towards. I, I'm with yeah, you. I'm with yeah. you. This invitational, let's be honest, it's an invitational. It, it's not anyone qualified. Anyone can make it. It's, it's really not that. So, um, I agree with you. Uh, this again, lots to be, lots to be to be seen. We're just a couple weeks away now. If you are in the Raleigh area, East Coast area, maybe North Carolina is not too far for you. Tickets are for sale. They actually just opened up more tickets, so it seems like they maybe reached the, the capacity at which they wanted to sell for the original uh, seating arrangements. And now they've added additional tiers, I'm assuming, to the venue space to start unlocking more space for more people to come in. So the last seats are now being sold. Pick up a ticket. Check out FN Competitive for the official links and tweets to how to get there. Make sure if you're doing that on Twitter, use the one with the check mark. Don't go to some fake random site. Don't just Google it. Like I would encourage you, go to Twitter, FN Competitive from there go to the links they are promoting. That's the best kind of uh, advice I can give you. And I'm not a legal guy. I don't know, you know, the disclaimer. There you go. Uh, <laughs> with that, it's been, a, it's been a very fun week. We had a great episode. Shout out to uh, Killa Khan hopping on with us, kind of talking shop sure. today. Um, as we start to slide on out of here, we're going to leave you guys with all that food for thought. We had some fun stuff in there. John's a wild man. He wants to see a Fortnite movie. I've never heard anyone say that. Uh, but that is now um, in, in the universe. So it's probably going to happen. He has spoke it to life. Uh, John, let the people at home know where they can find you, my boy. Hey, John W. Key Rush on Twitter uh, for all your Fortnite movie uh, theories and uh, script writing. Uh, my boy, Killicon, let the people at home know where they can find you. Uh, Killicon, Killicon 1, pretty much everywhere, all socials. All right, shout out to uh, Akilah Khan and John Rush once again for coming on here. It's been your boy, Monster D-Face. Feel free to send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. Shout out to all you guys listening, coming in, the thousands of downloads. We appreciate you all month to month and week to week. Thanks for riding with us and continuing to support us. But until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory else. Peace, fam.